Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week we're going to be discussing the film that opened Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It just was released in theaters, premiering Thursday night across the country. Dave and I both have the chance to see it. That's, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, the first Marvel film for 2023. We're going to be doing a spoiler-free section at the beginning, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, we'll give you some quick thoughts and and let you know, I guess, whether you sh- you feel like you should go spend money in the theater or not. And then after that, we will get into some more in-depth stuff, spoiler conversations, and a wider MCU discussion to end the show. So all that's coming up. Stick around. Come on. All right. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania made just over $100 million in its opening weekend. It's it's on pace to, you know, match Wakanda Forever and, and Thor Four in terms of box office. David, I just want to talk though about how you felt about it. Give me a quick spoiler-free review, like thirty seconds. What were your thoughts on the third Ant Man film? Eh. Yeah. Um. I um. Yeah, man. I. I feel like coming out of this movie, I felt like. I felt coming out of Ant-Man 1 and 2. I I, I, I feel like I, I was like, okay, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and then I kind of like lost, you kind of almost lose your words. I feel like with, um, you know, some of the other Marvel movies, especially ones that you like, you're like, oh, I loved how they did this and I loved how they did this and this was so cool. But I don't know, man. I, for some reason, I, I came out of this and I was just like, okay, yeah. You know, but I will say I thought the um, I thought the special effects, CGI visual effects, I think were a lot better. And I think I was even impressed because, as you could tell, even by the trailer, a lot of this movie is simply just, you know, CGI. And I thought that they actually looked pretty good. So I will say I was impressed um, by that. But yeah, my, my initial was OK. Yeah, well, what you mentioned there, I would say this movie is two hours, and I would say about an hour and 45 minutes of it are actors standing on green screens. Like, that's just the nature. They're in the quantum realm for most of the movie. I don't think that's really a spoiler. That's probably what people expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's them standing around. I thought times it, at times it looked good. I thought at other times it, it did look like what the memes were saying, which was a Spy Kids movie, which is something I said <laughs> during the trailer. Um the color of outfits didn't help with that, but mm. you know, I, I think I'm a little lower on it than you are. Um, but I felt the same way. It was, it was meh to, uh, I didn't really love it. Um, I thought I, I just came out of it feeling like, yeah, that was necessary. Like I understand why we needed that movie and there were parts of it that, that I had a good time in, but for most of it, I thought, oh my gosh, like I, this just feels like we're just setting up the next however mm. many movies. Um, which it, this isn't a spoiler, but Kang is the main villain, right, of of this film, um, Kang the Conqueror. And as we know, and we have been told, um, and people that watch Loki season one know, Kang is going to be the most important villain um, in the next couple of phases. He's supposed to be the Thanos type villain for the next three or so phases which is is good that's that's fine but this movie felt a lot like a 
Okay, well, let's just show you kind of this guy and show you how maybe some of this stuff works because you're going to need to learn it for the future. I just didn't feel like they really cared about what was going on. And mm -hmm. I I feel similar to you in that the, the previous two Ant-Man films are not movies I hold in super high esteem in the MCU. They're, they're middling for me. Uh, but I thought what worked for them um, was not really present in this movie as much. The, the best part of those movies was just Paul Rudd interacting with the ants or just being, you know, captivated by what was happening around him as he was mm -hmm. turning into a tiny man and then, you know, supersizing and doing pulling off heists and stuff, yeah. which there is a heist element to this one. But I thought that they kind of lost that and we shifted the focus to Janet Van Dyne more in this one. Um, and that's that's where it lost me a little bit, I guess I, you could say. So, yeah. Two. Two, uh, two things off what you said. One, King the Conqueror. I thought Jonathan Majors did do an extraordinary job. Yeah, he his, was really his good performance in that. was great. I thought he was really good. And two, I think I would agree with you. I think, which I don't necessarily disagree with their reasoning for doing this, but I thought the third one got more serious. Like the, the stakes got a little higher, which is fine. But is it fine when your whole entire kind of character and the reason Ant-Man's here and it being Paul Rudd, like he is a comical superhero and makes the jokes and he's funny. So like what you mentioned, the first two, yeah, we're used to Paul Rudd, you know, being kind of funny and cracking off one-liners. But when they raise the stakes in the third movie and it gets serious, you feel like almost right. Do you lose a lot of what these Ant-Man movies are? Yeah, I, I think that we kept some key elements of the character, right? We kept some, some stuff that he needs to have. I think the first thing that Scott Lang has showed in the MCU is that he cares about his daughter. Right. He's all everything is about working for his daughter. Everything is about getting back his daughter. And that that shines through in this movie. He's also got that. He still has the jokes, um, yeah. but it, it wasn't even. And I agree with you. This tone was more serious, which I think they can do. But it feels like they've been doing a little bit in this phase. And we're kind of missing some some lighthearted stuff at, at some points. Um Thor Love and Thunder, my main problem with that was because they tried to take one of the darkest plots in Thor about mm. Jane getting cancer and dying and Gore the God Butcher and tried to make that a funny movie. And that just was inherently not a funny story. That you so it's almost like they don't know which, like how much humor to have in their movies right now. They're yes. trying to find, figure that out. Yes, and I think that this one, taking the focus off Ant-Man as much and putting it on other people, it inherently limits the sense of humor that is available in this film. Yeah. And Ant-Man, Paul Rudd was not the main source for a lot of the humor, which I think was a problem just because Paul Rudd is one of the funniest actors we have in the MCU. I mean, yeah. he's just naturally charismatic. He's very charming. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's very funny as the, the butt of the joke as well. He's really good. Like probably the best of, of any MCU character at being the butt of a joke. Like that's mm. mostly the humor comes at the expense of him. I mm -hmm. think the one of the funniest bits is in Ant-Man and the Wasp whenever um, the pin particles don't work properly. So he just shrinks to the size of a toddler and then he's running oh. around in school on the size of a toddler and he gets in the forgot about van that. and they're like, did I, you want a little cheese stick and some juice box? And he's like, that sounds <laughs> great. Like that, that's so funny. And that's, yeah. that's really where, you know, where I think the strength lies. So that, that was some problem for me, but I do agree. Jonathan yeah. Majors was fantastic. He was yeah. excellent. Well, and going off what you just said, what are some things you liked? Cause I know we just kind of went back and forth of things we didn't enjoy. And I mentioned a couple things I liked, but was there something you enjoyed what they did? 
I think I think Jonathan Majors every time he was on screen, I was like, this guy is like too good to be in Marvel movies, which is and mm-hmm. it's not true because like Robert Downey Jr. is a very good actor and he's in Marvel movies. Like there there are like stellar you know, performers that appear in these yeah. superhero films. But Jonathan Majors is like one of the best actors that we have on the planet right now. And like Creed three is about yeah, to he's come about out to be in another one. Yeah. In in two years and make or in two years, two weeks, I guess, and make what half a billion, probably something like that at the box office. And he, I've already seen reviews that he gives one of the best villain performances ever in a sports film. Like I, I just I think he was so good. Um, I feel like he got and, better towards the end too. Like at the I, end when he was just I going like, I was like, dude, he's, he's crazy, you know? Yeah, I think he does such a good job of. It's ridiculous. Like Kang is ridiculous. I, I'm not a comic guy, okay? Um, never claimed to be, but knowing what I know about Kang, like that character is just nuts. And and Jonathan mm-hmm. Majors is playing it like, yeah, I know what's going on. I know what's happening around me is a little bit ridiculous, but I'm also going to put everything into it. Yeah. I thought Michael Douglas was really fun too. Mm. Um, I, I just I love that he loves ants so much. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, just through line joke of him just being like, "Yeah, I'm a big ant guy." Like, I just love him. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Um, I, other than that, some of the action sequences were good. Um, some of the set pieces worked for me. Some of them didn't, though. So that that's real. Yeah. I would point to Michael Douglas and Jonathan Majors as the things I like most about this. Film. I think I enjoyed also like the planet they land on, like with all right. these different creatures. And I thought that was kind of cool and like really creative and, and stuff like that. Um, of course, a couple things within that I didn't enjoy, but uh, just with the buildings and if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, you won't understand what I'm saying, but like the buildings and like different, like unique fun stuff with that, you know? Um, so Peyton Reed, uh, the director for this film talked a lot about his inspirations beforehand. Um, one of them he listed was Star Wars, and that's really evident. Um, yeah, you can see that in the character design for people, and the, and the really the overall plot and, and story. Um, I mean, this this honestly, like, you could throw this movie in in Star Wars if if you didn't have Ant Man and you just had like I don't know a Jedi or something leading a rebellion, it it would almost look like a Star Wars film. Which mm. I enjoy Star Wars, so I was like, that's this kind of great, but also it wasn't as good as a lot of star Wars movies. So then that kind of mm. hurt it as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed some of that, but yeah, overall just a real mixed bag for me. Um, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's like, I think there's some people like finally the MCU is dead. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I think there's some people rooting for kind of this, this whole pop at once something gets really popular, right? It's now f- more popular to hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've reached that point with the MCU is they've they've had a couple of slips recently. And now we have a lot of people saying, ah, you know, it, it I, it's dead. MCU's done and it's trash. We're over. Of course, if, and if you're if you're cheering for that, that's just kind of messed up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know why people would go into like I went into the movie not being excited for it, but I didn't go into the movie wanting it to suck. Like I, mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted the movie to be good. I wanted it to defy my expectations. It just didn't. Um, but. Yeah, if you're the kind of person who just goes into a movie rooting for it to fail, with the exception of, I will say, I did that with a movie I watched recently, and it did fail. So I was pleased by that, and that's the movie Amsterdam. I was about to say the title. I was watching. literally about to drop it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so unless the director is like a horrible person who is still allowed to work or something like that, the MCU projects, I'm never going to root for one to fail. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Why would you not want to have a good time? Why would you mm-hmm. want to spend $15 to be upset for two hours? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get that. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, David. That we're we've gone for about twelve ish minutes right now. Give me a star rating. Um and maybe a we'll we'll throw this in there. Maybe a comp, uh, an MCU movie that you thought was a similar level. Um, to give okay. people kind of an idea of, of how you felt about this film, I guess. And then we'll go to spoiler conversations. Okay. Uh, my rating, which this is right after the movie, so I'm, I'm still processing and who knows if it'll go up a half star, down a half star. It won't go past either either way. Uh, right now I have mm-hmm. it a three out of five. Three okay. stars out of five stars. Uh, and actually I'll just bring up my rankings um, and Ooh, I'll show you what's idea. in front behind that as well. All right now I have it as the 24th ranked uh, Marvel movie right behind Ant-Man and the Wasp and right ahead of Iron Man 3. Jeez. Okay. That's 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 where I have that um, there's so many Marvel movies. I that, that's what makes it tough at this point to rank the movies is like it, there's just so many. This is the 31st Marvel film, by the way. For for anybody trying to keep track at home. Um Yeah. For me, um, I would have it at a two and a half out of five. I guess I wouldn't say I would. I do have that in, <laughs> in my letterbox ranking. It, it is a two and a half out of five. Um, and I just added it to this list, so I haven't updated it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be a three based on the... Actually, I think I should lower some MCU rankings, not raise them. I would put it at 27, probably. So it would be... which. I've seen a lot of people say Iron Man 3 is sneaky, really good. I think I need to revisit that one. Um, mm, okay. Because huh. I have that at 26. So it would be Iron Man 3, then this, then Thor, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor The Dark World would be the very bottom. Um, so, you know, I, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I think I need to lower some of these ratings. Thor Love and Thunder is not a three stars anymore. Like, we're, no. I did not like that film. You know, it's funny. Um, I watched I watched Thor again, and I was even more confident on my three and a half out of five. Yeah, you and I are just different animals at this point, which is, <laughs> which is fine. You know what? That's, that's Cut okay. Cut from the same cloth. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I don't I even know what that it, means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I would put it um, slight. It's better than Iron Man 2, um, a little bit worse than Eternals. So take 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 that what you will, I guess. Um, oh, okay. Interesting, because I like the first thing I said, because I know people were comparing it to Eternals. I liked this more than Eternals. I really just I wasn't a fan of Eternals. I don't think I did. I think the Makari stuff in Eternals, like, that was so much fun. The, mm. like, take notes, DC, that's how you actually do a speedster. That's that's oh, how you make them entertaining. Well, so I thought that part was fun. Uh, quite frankly, there was just more stuff to like in Eternals for me in terms of performances. Um, and just keeping me interested in the plot, I guess. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're, that's that's it for our f- spoiler-free conversation 15 minutes in. So I would duck out of this podcast now if you're planning to watch the movie and do not want anything spoiled for you. The rest of this will be spoiler-heavy. You have been warned. All right. So let's just let's talk about, let's talk about the film. So I'm just going to give a very, very brief synopsis of, of what occurs in this movie um because you all just saw it but maybe some of you saw it on thursday so uh the we the film opens with um we don't know how long ago 20 or 30 years in the past we think it's younger janet van dyne um who's played by michelle pfeiffer that is um hank pym's wife um 
and Wasp Mother in universe uh, encounters Kang in the opening stinger uh, as an exiled traveler. She sees his ship crash in the quantum realm and helps. She fights off a couple of creatures and he saves her. And then, um, then we kind of cut from there. We go back to present day. Scott Lang is reading his um, kind of memoir at this point. Um, that's the narration that's going along. He's walking around happy and stuff. He was given the the uh, employee of the millennium or something by Baskin Robbins, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, he'd been fired. Yeah, previously. Yeah. yeah. And then he has to break while well, he, along with his girlfriend, Hope, whom still girlfriend, like put a ring on it, Scott. What are yeah. we doing? Come on, um, break out Cassie from jail. She's a political activist. She got arrested. And then they have dinner and then they go downstairs and Cassie reveals that she has been working on this sort of satellite to the quantum realm to try to study and map it. Well, because some Janet Van Dyne freaks out. Um, I'm going to call her OG Wasp for the rest of this conversation because calling her Janet Van Dyne every time is going to annoy me. OG yeah. Wasp freaks out and she says, shut it down. They can't. They get sucked into the quantum realm. They get separated along the way. Uh, uh, the older couple lands together. Um, and then Cassie and Scott. Um, and essentially, they Cassie and Scott meet the the rebel um, leaders of the quantum realm while the OGs go and try to meet with one of OG wasps contacts in the quantum realm. And yeah. that goes awry. And they, I don't stuff ensues, whatever they end up encountering Kang. Um, well, Janet tells the story of Kang. I said, I wasn't going to do that, but I'm going to keep calling her Janet, I guess. And then we get Modoc thrown in there. You st start to see where I'm getting bored with this as I'm talking about it. Um, and then they, the Langs get captured by Modoc and they're imprisoned. And Kang says he wants to. We get a flashback sequence where we understand what happens is mm, yep. Janet encounters Kang. They build the ship together. They work and they restore the energy core. They put it back in. But then it's a mind powered ship or something or other. So then Janet mind melds with Kang at that point and sees the destruction that he's caused. So then she uses pen particles to enlarge and explode it, essentially holding it in place. Um, and then he goes on to conquer the quantum realm um, during the rest of the time that she is there and builds up an empire. Kang wants that back because he wants to escape the quantum realm. He says it's to stop what's coming. What he hints at what's coming is actually another version of himself coming to destroy Earth and the main timeline. Um, then Scott goes down to, goes down into the power core to try to grab, restore it. He is in a probability field or something, gets multiplied. Wasp shows up to save him at the end. They get pulled out and then, you know, there's big fight at the end. They end up beating Kang. Um, it looks like Scott and Hope are going to be stranded in the quantum realm, um, but they knock Kane back into his power core and he starts to disintegrate and they escape back into the real world. And then we get a mid credit scene with numerous Kang variants talking about the conqueror's death and their eventual and his uprising. Um, and then after that, um, in the post credit scene, we get to see, I'm assuming it's just a trailer essentially for Loki season two. 
Loki and Mobius, who's played by Owen Wilson, are spotting another Kang variant, Victor Timely, who was in the early 1900s. That is the whole movie. <sighs> um, here's the problem I had with this. David, the marketing centers around Kang the Conqueror, right? We, we all know he's in there. It's the biggest part of this movie. He's on the freaking poster. Mm-hmm. And we play the pronoun game with Kang the Conqueror for an hour in this film. For an hour in this movie, every time he gets brought up, he's brought up as he. Nobody will say his name. Janet will not tell her family about what happened in the quantum realm. Nobody will talk about Kang until mm-hmm. he finally gets revealed. Like it was he this who surprise shall not be named, entrance, you know, like we didn't know. Yeah. And and I get that this isn't the same level of movie as a movie like Infinity War. But can you imagine how sucky Infinity War would have been if for an hour they were like, he's coming. He's here. He's going to be here. Oh, my God. He's coming. And mm-hmm. then you're like, who? And they refuse to talk about it. And then eventually it's Thanos. That's what this movie did. We mm-hmm. know it's Kang. Show us Kang from the beginning. I don't need you to do this. He pronoun game we all know who it is and that frustrated yeah. me to no end because it felt like there was no plot in the first hour and then everything happened in the last hour yeah i was getting really upset with janet van dyne i was like they she just kept refusing to talk about it and they kept asking even after no they were in the quantum realm they're like what don't you know and she's like stop not now let's just let's just get to where we need to go i'm like why this is just the dumbest reason not to like explain this. Tell them what's going on. Like you're not, I don't even know. I don't even know why she like didn't tell them for the, you know, the last 20 years. Like, I don't know. It's just like one of those things like you can't know, like, why can't we know? Like that's, you know, I don't know. So that I, I kept getting upset every time they asked, she'd be like, what's important right now is for us to walk where we're going. I'm like, lady, you can walk and talk. So let's start, <laughs> let's start explaining. You right. Know what I mean? And- we clearly see like she showcases that she knows, you know, all these people and the customs of the quantum realm and knows how to survive. And we knew all that. But yeah, it's literally just for plot reasons. She has to go. Oh, I can't say I don't. It's too horrible to talk about. Like, well, yeah. lady Kang is a real threat to you right now. So let's mention it. Yeah. And I, I really thought we should have spent more time with with Kang. I don't know if that was a decision of we want to save him we don't want to we don't want to use up all our kangness in this film jonathan majors has actually come out in an interview recently and said that he's not going to watch ant-man in the wasp quantum mania because he's going to have to perform so many different versions of kang that he doesn't want this performance to leak into the others so he's not going to look at this film and essentially let it kind of take over in his mind which i think is interesting but that then shows me that you could have put a bunch of kang in this movie at the beginning and we wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered like yeah. I hated the, I I hate when we do the like let's explain the whole plot villain arc to you thing, at a certain point and and Kang has to do that a little bit, but it would have been better if they seeded that throughout the movie, rather than just all at once here's the flashback and then here's Kang in the cells telling Scott, this is my plan for help me or die yeah, yeah for violent attack you know I. Mm-hmm. I think I think that honestly, if the if that do, if the Janet thing doesn't happen, where she's just you know I'm not going to say anything for an hour, and the the rebellion people did the same thing. Like, can we not? Do we have to do the Baltimore treatment with every freaking villain? Say his name. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. tired of this. Um, I think it would have yeah. been like a three and a half star movie for me, but that was so mm-hmm. infuriating that I was just mm-hmm. I was so mad the whole time. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I just don't know. I'm trying to just see the value at the, the point in doing that and I just don't. Maybe it's a build anticipation, you know, quote unquote. I don't know. But it's it's anticipation for something that's already already happening. It's like It's like if you're watching a Godzilla movie and they spend the first like hour, which I think they did in the 2014 Godzilla movie, they spend the first hour being like, oh my God, what is that? You're like, I know it's Godzilla. Like, do we, can we just Mm -hmm. get that over with? Like, I don't want to waste my time with everybody being like, that's not, that's not Godzilla. That's, that's something else. Like, Mm -hmm. I know it's Godzilla. The name of the movie is Godzilla. Like, I know this is Kang. I know he's the villain. He's on the poster. All right. You didn't keep it a secret. This wasn't under wraps. Like <laughs> imagine if you're watching star Wars and people just kept saying he, Oh my God, here he comes. And you never like get to hear Darth Vader talk. You just have to wait an hour into the film. That would suck. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to find. So there are a couple things. The, um, the Modoc thing was fine for me. I didn't hate it. I thought, the end, his like quote unquote like character arc was just really cheesy and bad. When he like gets defeated and he's like, I don't know what to do, and she's like, just don't be a douche. And he's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna be a douche. Yeah, and then he's a good very, guy. I was like, Oh my gosh. That felt very just, dumb. I'm like uncomfortably but cringe right now. You know? From what I do understand about Modoc is he's supposed to be kind of the joke character where like he's like, I'm gonna kill everyone, and everybody's like, Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just you're a giant floating head. Like let's, and he always screws up in the funniest ways. So I Mm -hmm. wonder if that was intentional, but yeah, I think they could have done that better. One of the comic things that did work for me was the slime guy. No, he was so funny. That was definitely the funniest part of the movie for me. Um, the, like, I don't have any holes. How many holes do you have? And then he, I have holes like that. That was, I know that's kind of corny Marvel humor, but I really thought that part was funny. Uh, yeah, he, he he like a couple. He had a other uh, couple one liners I thought were funny too. You just drank me. Do you need more of me? Here, you, I can shoot some right into your mouth hole right now. Yeah, that was funny. Um, also, shout out to Broccoli Man. That guy was the star of the show. Stop. That was so that was, funny. That was so funny. I, they literally he was put like, that guy in there for one reason. It was just so somebody could be like, "Is that guy broccoli?" And that was it. And then and then he was like hitting on her. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that part was ridiculous. Um, oh, here's hope. Let's let's have that conversation now. Can we? Um, so they introduce a, a new hero. I don't know what Cassie Lang's superhero name is. I'm gonna look that up right now. Um, and that was it's fine. I I enjoyed the use of Cassie in this movie. I think I did not enjoy the use of the Wasp. And I don't know if this is writing or Evangeline Lilly at this point, but she is so unbelievably boring and just devoid of character traits. Like, I just, I don't, like, the only thing that we see from her that in any way feels emotional is in this movie, she is disgusted when her parents talk about how they had sexual needs um, whenever Mm. they were apart from each other. Other than that, she just seems like so bland. She never has too high of an emotion for anything or too low. She's never really upset. She's just kind of like even keeled and a little bit grumpy throughout. And I just don't get the point. Like this Mm -hmm. is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I felt like she was maybe the sixth most important character in this movie. Yeah. Like she's almost just following the uh, parents around the whole movie. Yeah. 
And yeah. are her and Scott the least believable like couple? Yeah, I actually genuinely forgot they were together in this movie. Because they don't act like like we get the part where she goes in and saves him in the probability probability field or whatever the frick it's called, and that's kind of touching. But like they don't ever fe- they never feel like like they care about each other. Like, and I'm not saying they have to be like making out in front of us on set, but like Captain America and Black Widow had way more chemistry in a movie in which they weren't even really romantically involved <laughs> than these two have ever had. And they're dating and have been for a while. And like, that's supposed to be one of the driving forces. It's supposed to be like Scott loves his daughter and Scott loves hope. And I just don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I believed a love for his daughter, but yeah, I didn't, they did, didn't really showcase much. Maybe they're like banking off the last movie where we saw a lot of that. And they're like, you know, but, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. Also, I think I want to get your thoughts. Cause there was another character I wasn't a fan of, uh, the Jin Gentora played by Katie. O Katie O'Brien. Uh, she was like the, the leader main, of the rebels. Yeah. I just, to be honest, I didn't think that she was the greatest actor. It just seemed really cheesy. Like anytime she spoke, that, that could just be me. I was just, anytime she talked, I was just like, <sighs> yeah, I think that was kind of a tough part. It was kind of a nothing burger where you were supposed to care. And she's supposed to do like the, you led them here. Mm-hmm. Like you're the one that caused this. And then in the end, she's supposed to be like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's just, it's kind of a sucky character, honestly. Yeah, it, it never, may not be her. You know, it may not be her at all, but I was just like, like you yeah. don't ever really care about it. You don't ever really care about her. Like the, the rebellion thing that, again, this movie is two hours and like we spend no time developing anybody. And I like, you don't, you don't know the names of the people who are the rebel leaders that are, you're supposed to care about you don't really learn anybody's name outside of the main five um, in this film, six people. I, I just, yeah, I just don't care. Like I, I just didn't mm-hmm. care about that aspect. They, they don't make you sympathetic for them. I, I mean, obviously you can see like Kang evil robot soldier bad. Yeah. But it doesn't get any further than that. We waste so much time with Janet Van Dyne saying, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not yeah. going to talk about him. There's something worse down here. We have yeah. to get away before he finds us. Those are all actual lines from this movie. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I just wish I would have seen just B.A. King the Conqueror screaming and doing stuff, you know? Yeah. I, like mean, the, I, I didn't want to spoil it at the beginning, but at the end when he's like screaming and like sweat, like spitting and like, I'm like, bro, Jonathan Majors is going hard in the paint right now. Like, I want like, more of this. You know? Why couldn't we see him getting exiled? I, I just, I don't know. They keep, I, I just didn't like that. I feel like they just focused on the wrong things. The CGI is whatever. It's not great. It's not terrible either. It looks Guardians of the Galaxy 2-ish. I mean, it's not blowing me away. I'm not like, this is on. But it's not distracting you either. Like, No, it wasn't way. like. Certain sequences in Wakanda Forever, I was like, is this like even a major movie? Like, am I watching a Disney Channel special? What's going on here? <laughs> um, so this was better than that, I thought. But uh, yeah, I, it was a little tough. I, I think as Marvel dips into these more fantastical elements, you're just going to find out who doesn't have the patience for it. Because as mm-hmm. much as we want to like, we want to say, you know, 
the first the, you have Thor, which was always kind of a space opera, and Guardians of the Galaxy was weird, but that was like it. And everything else was like grounded, like this is just a guy with a big suit, or Captain America is just really strong, or this is which just is a easy big to shoot. guy. But it was all on Earth, right? And yeah, yes, yeah. they're fighting aliens or something, but it's all on Earth. Everything was taking place on Earth. Now, as we start to go to these other places, I think people are just going to lose, you know, patience for okay, here we go with this fantastical, you know, planet with a purple sky and orange grass and mm-hmm. like. Some people just aren't going to care about that. And I think that that's probably what some of the backlash is from this is like, this doesn't look real. Like we know this was all shot on a green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think, and this just may not be like, this may be unavoidable, but do you think one of the problems is like every, yes, that's the same producer and like Kevin Feige's over all of this, but do you think it's like the every movie is like a random, a different and a random director? You think that's the problem with that what we're starting to hit with these movies, or is that just always the case? And you're not going to really be able to avoid that. I question how much freedom the directors have, actually. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I I think that at certain points it feels like they're just cookie cutter, like. I think the most successful Marvel movies, with the exception of Thor: Love and Thunder are the ones where the director is also involved in the story a lot and not just in the presentation of the story. Like to me, the ultimate Marvel success, which you could say is Endgame and the Russo brothers, but I think it's really James Gunn and guardians of the galaxy because that's just mm-hmm. a James Gunn movie that happens to be a Marvel movie. You know, that that's how yeah. I feel about it. It's not a, it's not a Marvel movie that was directed by James Gunn. I think Ryan Coogler was able to do that with the first black Panther film. But at this point, sometimes it feels like, like you could have told me nine to 10 different people made this movie and I would not have been able to tell you any different. Mm. Like Chloe Zhao made Eternals. Chloe Zhao is an Oscar winning filmmaker. Um, And I I can't point to a certain like aspect of that movie that felt like her direction. So I, I wonder if that's the problem, but I also could see like we're hopping around a lot. Now Peyton Reed did direct all three Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Which so helps. you could say that they've been consistent with that, but like, and I don't want to do this, but like, is Peyton Reed like? I mean, he's 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 good ish, but like, well, what's I'll a ask you Reed that. Film? I mean, what's a I'll Peyton ask... Reed film you're thinking of? I can't name one. I have to go to his bio. Bring it on. Bring it on is a Peyton Reed film. Yes, man. You know, like. I mean, I'm not saying though. he's a bad director, but like, yeah, he's directing like kind of dumb, wonky comedies essentially, mm-hmm. and then gets three Marvel movies, which is fine. But like, what did he show you that meant he should get those three Marvel movies? That, that that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. Yeah, I mean, comparing to these other two Ant Man movies, now you know, now as a nice bow tie on these this trilogy, like, is this what we should have expected? Like, what do you think? I yeah, I think that you know, I think quite honestly, like the high expectations were this were because of Kang, but if everybody really was honest about how they felt about the prior two Ant Man films, they would have been not expecting a whole lot from this movie. Cause mm-hmm. everybody likes, I think, Ant Man as a character, but nobody's like, Ant Man, that's my favorite MCU movie. I've never heard a person say that. I've heard some people yeah. say some bad, legitimately bad MCU movies are their favorite movies. I know a person who thinks Thor of the Dark World is top five MCU. 
but I don't know anybody who's like ride or die for Ant Man at this point. Yeah, and and anytime you like quote him, it's like from Civil War. Like he's good in Civil War when he's not like right. the main main guy. Or, you know, what's your favorite part of the Ant Man movie? The first one. It's when Luis is telling the story. Like mm. that's that's my favorite part. Yeah. And so I, I think that maybe we had outsized expectations, and this this gets into the kind of wider MCU discussion so we can we can table part of this for later but like do we just expect way too much from each of these films because at this point people are going to go and watch Indiana Jones 5 and I'm not saying Indiana Jones 5 is going to be terrible or it's going to be great I have no idea what it's going to be I haven't seen it yet but are we are people going to put that much scrutiny on like whether or not it was good or whether they had fun like I I I think at a certain point mm. we lose this with Marvel as we expect everything to build upon the last thing, which is their own fault. This is what they're doing. And so we're like, everything has to be great. And you can't like watching these movies is no longer for enjoyment. It's because I have to mm. like, I have to see Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania because if I don't see it, then I will not understand anything that happens in the next three years with Marvel movies, which are inevitably going to be, some of the most important movies that are released every single year. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. know my parents feel that whenever I, I say like, Hey, you can wait on this. And my dad's like, Oh, we got to watch this show with this show and catch up with this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem is these are starting to feel like chores for us now, rather than pieces of, of a film that we want to enjoy. Yeah. Well, and we've, I've talked about this a lot, even in a lot of my recent reviews of their recent movies of like, Guys, we cannot expect Infinity War every, every single time. movie. That is just not possible. With the time, the money, the characters involved, the amount of just A-star actors, like that's you, you can't expect that every time. And I think honestly, I think it's some some people's like own fault for setting, you know, that high of an expectation. And it's not like a punishment on Peyton Reed or you know Paul Rudd or these actors. It's just you know they had. T- 10 A-list actors in Infinity War and it had $400 million budget and like build up and you know what I mean? So like, of course it's going to, you know, excel in that area, but like people just lower your expectations. And like you said, go in and just like, you know, am I going to be entertained? Am I going to have fun? Not is if I have, if I see more than five plot errors or five bad CGI scenes, I'm going to hate this movie. You know what I mean? Like have fun, you know? Yeah. I just think we're not, we, we used to do, and this is probably, I think it is, kind of marvel's fault too because they've kind of created this sense of everything has to be interconnected right so we're always Mm. looking for how is this going to build and we couldn't escape it here we had to talk about it how is this going to build to the next thing and we've kind of lost the the effect of when blockbusters are just like like do you think when people went and watched will smith's independence day they were thinking like man this better be amazing like if if this doesn't do like if this isn't the best thing I've ever seen, I'm going to be pissed. No, everybody went in and was like, this is going to be fun, but it's going to be yeah. a little stupid. And yeah. that's what, I mean, this movie, the end, they're saved by giant, you know, socially advanced ants. And walking buildings. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, like, like, I, <laughs> and, and we're like scrutinizing mm. this for like how it's going to affect, you know, <laughs> everything that, that comes after it, every single movie that <laughs> won't feature giant ants. And yeah, yeah. One and of Pey- my problems Peyton Reed's like, guys, like, calm down, bro. 
that was literally the I my review of this film on Letterboxd was Deus Ants Machina because it's it's just that's what it is. It's an ex machina. They were like, here are the ants, we're just gonna wait and then not talk about them, and then at the end they're gonna save everything, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I didn't hate it, but yeah, and we can't we can't just deal with that now. Now we have to like we have to wonder what the ramifications are for everything. And again, mm-hmm. I think this is Marvel's fault too, which is why Feige has announced they're going to start slowing releases down, but they put us in a Good. position where every movie feels like homework, not entertainment. Yeah. Well, and the problem with that naturally, which is no one's fault. This is just the reality of the situation. You can only go so high. And I think infinity war into Endgame was like the peak, like they built this up, the ramifications, the anticipation, the anxiety, everything was peaked right there. I, I mean, not to their fault, even maybe it is because they did make those two movies. They're not going to be able to get higher than that. Like you can only peak so high and, you know, build so much for a movie and an epic villain and all this before it's like naturally going to either plateau or, you know, dip, which we've dipped right. a little bit, I think. Right. And look, we Marvel still hasn't used their big guns yet. Guys, we haven't had an X-Men movie in the MCU. Okay. There's been there's been no X-Men in the MCU and there's still Fantastic Four hasn't been made yet. Like there we still haven't used so it's possible that we're just in a we're just in a dearth right now. It, we're yeah. just in a bad period, which happens. Um, but I think that it is it is something they have created. They have released 31 movies and eight TV shows that are connected. Okay, and you could maybe say seven TV shows because what if technically is not canon, right? Because it's Mm. it's all fragmented stories. Yeah. So my question is, David, would you be open to or interested in something? And this is going to get sketchy because we're talking about DC. But what if they were just like, you know what? Blade's not in the MCU. It's just a Blade movie. It's like the Batman it's not in the MCU. It is separate. Mm. It is a Marvel comic story, but Mahershala Ali's Blade is not going to show up in Kang anything. So you're saying, man, we have 15 movies that we are trying to get out. We can still put 15 movies out, but six of them are going to be part of the MCU. And the other nine are just going to be like fun, yeah. good movies that don't have to be tied to the MCU. I'm not saying either. we even have to do that with the majority of, of films. I think we already have like it would be confusing, you know, if the next Ant-Man movie wasn't in the MCU, right? If you mm. already have the existing actor interacting, then that's that's fine. But for the love of God, like, yeah, there's 31 movies. Can you imagine somebody having to start from the beginning right now and telling them you have 31 movies and eight TV shows to watch? They, they can't. I mean, it's like it's like trying it's it's literally like trying to sell somebody at this point. Okay, you want to understand everything that's going on in The Simpsons? Start at season one. Watch all the way through. NCIS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's going to be this massive undertaking. In 10 years, if you weren't there at the beginning, you can't watch these. It took you months. Right. Like, nonstop. If you were just... If you were, if you were to put up the pace that, that David and I keep, or that I kept last year, which is one movie a day, which no most people do not do because it's not sustainable, and you have to really love watching movies to do that. If you kept up that pace, it would take you an entire month just to watch the movies, and then you would have an additional eight TV shows to watch. Like it's too, it's too much. There's too much content, and 
And for me, it's not a problem because I've been watching them since 2008. So I just see a movie every time it comes out. But if you're trying yep. to catch out before the next one comes out, you know, if you want to, if you're like today, you say, okay, I want to watch all these movies where I'm ready by the time Guardians of the Galaxy 3 comes out in a couple of months. Strap in, cancel your plans because you got some stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think, I well, think we're at that point. And two summers ago, I rewatched every Marvel movie. Of course, I mean, believe it or not, that was 10 movies and TV shows ago, just in two summers. And it took me quite a bit. You know, I was staying up here in Maryville, still in college, so I had nothing to do. Right. But that's already 10 movies ago. And, you know, yeah, you, you just can't rewatch the entire thing again. It's especially like now out of college, right? We have jobs and, and like that just wouldn't be possible, wouldn't be feasible. So whew. do you think I, this has affected? Okay. This is an easy answer. Yes. It's affected every other studio and how they make movies. But do you think this has also affected the whole, like we're going to make another sequel or, Oh, we're going to keep Jurassic park going. You think like Marvel continuing yes, just everything to con- has make to movies be connected now? Like, yeah. People just keep making sequels and stuff. You think that's affecting that? Every, it seems like everything we do has to be serialized storytelling where it has to connect to an already existing IP in some form or fashion. Marvel did it. Star Wars is the next biggest, you know, example of this because they actually did it first. You could say, because the prequels came first, but that was only three movies. And then they Mm -hmm. Disney bought them in the sequels. But now we have Mandalorian season three is going to come out in March and I'm excited for it. That's great. Andor, you know, we have, uh, multiple animated shows. There's going to be an Ahsoka show. We have the book of Boba Fett and all of these are also canon, by the way, it's the same. It's the same thing that now, if you want to know star Wars and you want to care about star Wars and you want to watch all star Wars, there's way more stuff than you've ever had to see before. And would and, you blame Marvel for that? Yes. I mean, Marvel yeah. and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the fault of being too successful essentially because Marvel yeah. was successful with this, but now projects like, Good Lord, Harry Potter has a freaking prequel trilogy that nobody gives a darn about. And we have 10 Fast and Furious connected films and a spinoff Fast and Furious movie. And Lord of the Rings, the most untouchable, this is this work of fiction and we're not editing Tolkien's work and the Tolkien foundations or the Tolkien family said, we're not selling the rights to make any more stuff based off of any other of his novels. They should stay books. We have the rings of power and we have the Hobbit trilogy before the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, game of Thrones. I mean, we have a Jon Snow story plan. We have house of the dragon already at this point. And these are things that I like, like I like these, but it's exhausting. Like you, Mm -hmm. because you can't just like watch if you want to be a part of the cultural consciousness, if you want to be involved in the most popular movies or the most popular pieces of media that are happening right now, you have to do homework for every single one. Yeah. You yeah. can't just watch it and then leave. Avatar, good Lord. Like, yeah, we only have a second one, but we're going to have five. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm not saying sequels are evil, but I'm saying that there's no major like, there just it doesn't almost seems seem like to the, be a it almost seems like major it's an easy IP thing to anymore. do. Yeah, you know? it's just it's it's everything. Everything is interconnected. Transformers, There's Indiana Jones five. There's eight Transformers movies. 
and all of these are working to build out let's set a movie in the universe of that we're doing it in right and that happened in the past but it wasn't that common and sequels have already existed i'm not saying it's just sequels but it's us going back and doing connected stories all the time mm-hmm. and it's getting to a point where it, it it's a it feels like a barrier to entry because every time when I, I, I personally for me I want to understand everything about something whenever I'm watching it maybe not everybody is like that but you can't just casually watch Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania without having seen what six at a minimum six other movies every movie yeah, that Ant Man is involved in plus blip. Loki season one like. They talk about you, the blip a lot in that movie, so you gotta right. understand Infinity War like, and all that. You can't yeah. just casually hop into any of these things. Before, like if you didn't see Indiana Jones one and you wanted to watch Temple of Doom, you could just watch Temple of Doom. You may not mm-hmm. get two jokes, but you're gonna understand everything that's going on. Yeah. Did did you see Alien by Ridley Scott? No. Well, you could still watch Aliens. You're not gonna know who Ellen Ripley is, but you won't have to. You're not gonna be confused. You try yeah. to watch this movie without having seen every other MCU project before that, your head's going to explode. Yeah. You're going right, to huh? I think this is why I'm also excited for some movies this year of like 65, Oppenheimer, Barbie, like some of these like random standalones that most likely won't get sequels or follow-ups, the killer, right? And they'll just be their own little thing, fresh, uh, fresh idea, you know? So, but I, yeah. I don't, man, I don't. I don't and know, man. I, again, it's... I don't think this is the main problem. I just think that we have to be realistic and that this is a reality. At, at this point, this this franchise's only cater is going to eventually become where it's only for super fans because the barrier to entry is going to be too high for the MCU for mm-hmm. anybody who is casually just wanting to enjoy this experience to get into it. Well, imagine anybody born anybody like under 10 right now, like in 15 in like 5 10 years like, "Oh, yeah, Marvel. Wait, Oh, I have 40 movies to watch? Yeah. No, my, I'm not doing my that. Dad, my dad wanted to show me quite a few movies when I was a kid. He wanted me to watch Star Wars. He wanted me to watch Lord of the Rings. He wanted me to watch Indiana Jones. He wanted me to watch a, a, a couple of other films. And he could do that. And he could mm-hmm. do that in less movies than it is now. You know, if you want to sit down, you're like, I just want to show you the MCU. Like, you just want to. And it's great. Look. I love Infinity War. I love Endgame. I love Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of the movies I've watched the most in my life because I genuinely just really enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we're, we're so far in that if you wanted to show somebody that's now, you're like, hey, here you go. This is all the stuff you have to watch. Oh, by the way, you're, you should watch everything in release order, but you could choose not to. There's multiple different orders for this 31 movies and eight TV shows. And you may need to watch this Marvel Netflix TV show now because you might have to understand more of who Daredevil is. But we don't know if that Daredevil is canon or this is a new Daredevil. And like, oh, my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I, I just I think it's a problem. I really do. Here's the big problem, though. Disney is still getting billion dollar checks for this stuff. So oh, are yeah. they gonna this... change are they gonna change? No. No. And look, after we watch a great one, maybe I'll be like, oh, this is great. I love I love long form storytelling. Because that's what it is. But 
this is why, and I have always been like this. I'm an anti-TV show guy on principle, not on, not with every time, but if I'm bored, I am not going to try to start a new TV show because it's too much time investment. And mm-hmm. I know inevitably in almost every single television show, with the exception of the top 1% of TV shows, they're just going to throw a ton of filler episodes at you that you don't feel like do anything or even bad seasons. I can't tell you the amount of times. The Office is an example of this, okay? You want to watch all of The Office. Everybody's like, well, season one kind of sucks. And you're like, okay, so I have to get through however many episodes before the show is even enjoyable. And then everything after Michael leaves sucks. Okay, so if I want to actually complete this series, I have to, which I'm not saying that's my opinion, but Mm -hmm. there's bad seasons. It just feels like that's what Marvel is now. And that we're 31 movies in, you got to keep watching if you want to stay intact, but there's bad seasons. (laughs) The bad seasons for me are Thor Love and Thunder, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, you know, to a lesser extent, Black Panther were kind of forever and Eternals and you know, these are bad seasons, but we got to keep watching them. Cause if we yeah. don't, then I'm not going to understand Avengers secret wars. Yeah. Quantum media right now gro- uh, worldwide has grossed $360 million, which is insane. Like and it's going to have a huge drop, but yeah, it's still going to make half a bill to, you know, 700 million probably even mm-hmm. with the bad reviews, which it's getting terrible reviews. I think there's, I think this is like the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people and where they were like wanting to go free reign and hate the MCU, but they couldn't really do it for, I think, reasons during Black Panther Wakanda forever. And they Mm -hmm. thought, okay, this is the third or fourth bad one in a row for me. I'm done. This is the worst movie I've ever seen now, which it's not like this isn't a half star film. I don't think I don't I don't know how you could say that. Of course, yeah, that person. So. But I think this is just the. This is like, I think this will be the turning point. And that if people really hated this, they may not tune in for future MCU stuff. You know, I would worry not about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because it's James James Gunn's last hurrah. And that's a, that's a franchise that is proven. But yeah. the Marvels, Miss Marvel, the TV show, not get a very positive reception. Nope. And Captain Marvel movie definitely did not get a very positive reception. Our audience is going to show up for that. I, I think, think it's that's a real barometer. Quite a bit. Yeah, right now, Quantum Mania is the fifth lowest rated. Uh, well, so this is on my list. I included Morbius and the Venom movies because I was like, if I'm going to include Spider-Man, I feel like I need to include those. So simply like a 100% Marvel, right now, Quantum Mania is the third lowest movie, just ahead of Thor Dark World and The Incredible Hulk. Which I, so. I personally, in my rankings, that's about right. <laughs> Um, I just didn't, I just didn't really enjoy it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited for guardians of the galaxy three as weird as that sounds after this conversation that we just had, because I enjoy the first one so much. The second one's fine to me. It's not that great, but the first one is, is my favorite MCU movie. And I know I trust James Gunn. Like I haven't the, even the suicide squad movie, which I think is mostly forgettable, but the one that he just did a couple of years ago is fun. So I, I, I mm-hmm. trust him. Um, to kind of end this well. well, and it's his last one, so I feel like he's gonna just go all out, you know, for his his goodbye to to MCU. So yeah, I I don't know it. What is the best thing post post in game? Let's take No Way Home out of the conversation. 
All right. What what is the best Marvel thing that you have seen since Endgame? Oh, let me get this sorted out. Post Endgame, taken away all Spider Mans or No Way Home. Well, I guess the other ones probably won't. You can have Far apply. From Home if you would like. I don't. Know. But yeah, no, taken out um, No Way Home. It's, it's Shang Chi. And yeah, then, I think that's up there. I think for me, it's Loki season one. I think that's oh TV shows too. I think oh, that, I, that's the best thing a, that they've done. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed Doctor Strange. They kind of got hate too. This new Doctor Strange, I thought was good. Yeah, I didn't think it was as bad as everybody was saying. There's also been a like a backlash wave to everybody's like, actually, Spider Man No Way Home sucks. It was like, stop. You know. <laughs> Like, we don't have to do this every time, okay? You don't have it's to be the well-actually guy at all points. Like, Spider-Man No Way Home was fun. You had fun in the theater, and then you saw somebody online say, like, there's actually no plot if you think about it, and then you got mad. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, we all loved it, okay? Just saying that for clicks. And there's, there's some revisionist, like, you know, there's always rose-colored Pulp Fiction's glasses. actually not that as good as, you know, people made it out to be. Right. Right. There's always rose-colored glasses um, with the past as well in terms of, like, I've seen some people like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is actually underrated. Like, no, it isn't. That movie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched it, guys. It's not good. Or Spider-Man 3 is actually really good. Like, guys, it's not. It's not good. And Bro, I saw a clip from that that, the other day. I'd rather watch Spider-Man 3 than this. I saw a clip from that the other day when... um, What's his nuts? The who, who turned into Venom? Topher Grace. He he prays to God. He's like, God, would you please kill Peter Parker? And like he's in a pew praying that. I'm like, that is. I as a kid, I did not understand how cringe and just how unbearable that is. Yeah, but I was like, that goth, is terrible. Like, you have the goth Spider Man dancing, and I'm sorry. I, I I the first two, the first three, I guess the original Spider Man trilogy. Tobey Maguire is like weird to legitimately bad in most of those movies. <laughs> I just don't enjoy his performance that much at all. And Mary Jane is quite possibly the most annoying movie character that's ever existed ever in those, which is weird because Kirsten Dunst, I actually very much like as an actress, but I just do not. Like. So, so you're like, and- oh, of course Gwen Stacy dies, but Mary Jane couldn't have. Yeah, right. Exactly. Goblin couldn't have hit Mary Jane with one of those extinction bomb things that he was throwing at people. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, but the, I've seen people be like, well, I wish we could go back to the time when superhero movies were like this. And, and then at that same time, whenever Spider-Man three came out, those same people were saying, oh, this sucks. I wish we could go back to when, you know, blade came out and that was real superhero. And then when blade came out, people were like, this is really weird. Uh, superhero movies are dumb. I wish we could go just- back to whenever Batman came out. And then when the original Batman came out, people were like, his neck can't move. So what do you want? Like, yeah, we're always going to get to this no point. Those people are but, just never happy, you know? But I'm just, I, at this point, personally, to try to wrap up all the never-ending threads of conversation, <laughs> I was disappointed with this movie. I'm going to continue to watch Marvel movies in the future because I want to stay connected and because many of them have brought me genuine enjoyment. But it does feel like the last couple of Marvel movies that I have seen have been, I have to watch this, not I want to watch this. And mm-hmm. that's, that's not something I like. I, I do that with movies sometimes where I feel like I should watch a movie. I feel obligated to and I don't want to. 
David, if we weren't recording this podcast, I would have waited until a $5 Tuesday to see this movie. And that w- that's unheard of mm. for me with a Marvel movie to not want to see it opening weekend because I'm so worried about spoilers and stuff. Yeah. But, but this one, if we weren't recording this podcast, I would have waited until a Tuesday night. I just would have. Yeah. Especially probably after seeing the initial like ratings and you know, yeah. pretty, pretty lowly rated. Yeah. I think one other thing that we've not mentioned too, I think just kind of how my mind works and how I process, I feel like, you know, start to end game, it really was a pretty grounded universe. Um, They went to space and it kind of reached outside a little bit, but I feel like we're almost getting to the point where I'm overwhelmed of like, oh, this multiverse and oh, this, you know, 14 Kings and this universe. And I'm almost like, I get like, I get overwhelmed and I just want to like turn it off. You know what I mean? Cause there's just too much and there's so much of this and like, it, it's just not grounded anymore, which is, you know, again, their fault. Cause they keep building this, but also it's like, I, you can only do so much, you know, you can only grow so big and create so many multiverses. Yeah. I think that's where my patience is wearing thin. Um, I just don't give a darn about multiverse things. And every time they talk about time streams and multiverse threads and stuff, I'm just like, eh. you know, like, <laughs> and that that's what happens with Endgame is the they he threatens the entire known universe and at that point you have to do bigger right you can't just go back which how so do you now, do bigger than, now we know. have to do he has to threaten the entire multiverse right and that's that's what we're doing but yeah I would agree that for the most part with the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy which is again a movie that's in almost in no way connected to the MCU other than you see Thanos, but you're like, it's, it's a space movie. It, it doesn't feel like any of the others. The most successful Marvel movies, I feel like are really grounded on mm. earth. I yep. mean, there's, there's, you know, and, and the, all of the them very are. first one, Iron Man is still one of like the highest rated movies. Yeah. It's the most no, grounded. There's no huge overarching plot in Iron Man. It's just dude makes cool weapon suit. Um, escapes escape Iraq. from a, terrorists and yeah. then evil dude when he decides that he doesn't want to build weapons anymore evil dude wants to make bigger weapon suit to kill good dude and that movie's great you yeah. know and there's a reason that every time dc gets in a rut they go back to the well of what about the orphan who's just really rich and likes to beat people up like there's a reason because we're all mm-hmm. we all watch the batman and nobody was doing any fantastical like magical feats and there's no superpowers in that movie but we're all like yeah. this guy drives a car really fast that's cool he beats people up that's also cool like i i think for superheroes oddly enough our our patience wears thin with the really fantastical elements and i don't know why that is but yeah. it, it, it does. When you start to get into the minutia of explaining the science of timelines and multiverses and the quantum realm and, and things like that, I think most people just go, oh my gosh, can we just go to the back to the part where one of the main Avengers was just a guy with a bow? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's why I love The Dark Knight so much is because it's like almost realistic, as, we, as ridiculous as it sounds. Like all these stunts were real. Like this was a legit thing and it felt real to me not like like you said in this movie i know 90 percent of this movie is behind on a green green screen like i know they're all filming in chicago and these i know he's flipping a 40 foot semi trailer like i know this stuff is happening you know and it just looks so cool yeah i i think that and that's that's another thing that we we've had conversations about not on this podcast but they're relying too much on cg mm-hmm. whenever they release the secret wars trailer which is 
is the show that's about the scroll invasion that's coming out. Um, one of the only two confirmed shows along with Loki season two that's coming out this year. They like tried to show that how impressive their CGI was by in the, a shot in the trailer is just Nick Fury, like sitting in an office in a dark room talking. And they were like, this whole shot is completely CGI. Why? <laughs> Like I, bro, I could do that for ten bucks, and it looks like better. Yeah, that's with my so iPhone, unnecessary. Dog. Like, <laughs> and they've had the controversy with like the VFX firms that they're working for being overworked and paid less than what other companies are paying at similar rates, and that Marvel is pumping out stuff. And I'm not saying entirely CG movies are bad because Avatar Two is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but. But yes, you have a point of which Marvel, we have gotten away from in any way grounding any of these stories or any of these these films in the real world. And it feels like everything is just on a green screen, even yeah. if it's not something like Ant-Man in, in the quantum realm, even if it's something as simple as Captain America running, you know, that, mm -hmm. that's on a green screen. It doesn't feel real to us. So I don't, I tend to not care about it. There's Star Wars when it was at its most successful was just real sets and when it yeah. looked the best. The prequels don't look great. You know why? Everything's a green screen. There's no real sets. The sequels, Especially back then, yeah. The sequels, for the most part, try to use real sets and not do green screen. And as much as people don't like Force Awakens or say it's a New Hope copy, that movie looks great. Yep. Because they're actually there. They're on real sets. They're in a forest that's covered in snow. They're on a desert, right? It's it's real. And Marvel doesn't do that at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating to me. Which that confuses me because, right, you think about even just humans. They want to do it. Obviously, they want to do it as cheap as they can and make as, most as they, make as much as they can. Makes sense. Just using CG is actually more work than just – going out and actually doing it because it takes hours for these guys to sit in the office and cut this and layer it and layer it and layer it and cut it and cut it and cut it. Whereas you could just rent out a portion of the desert, go out, roll out there. And you know what I mean? Like I just, you, once you shoot it, you cut it and it's good. But with CG, you got to layer that thing like 15 times and you know, the background, this background, them talking, there's just so much involved and I'm confused as to why that's, you know, the all, that that that's the thing that you're relying on. I don't know. Well, so there's some discussion as to whether CG and practical effects, you know, what the cost is. But I would say that the problem right now isn't even the cost for Marvel because, quite honestly, they don't give a crap about money. It's the timeline, and that they're having to do so many VFX shots and re-edit so many VFX shots that because these releases are so crunched together, they're not having time to, to do mm -hmm. these properly. And that there is a VFX shortage right now in the industry because for a long time, you know, not for a long time, but for a while, nobody was working, nobody was making anything. And now everybody's back and wants to make stuff that involves CG, you know? Um, so, but I, I can't imagine it's easier. It just, it's not easier to do when, when you gotta, you've got to CG everything. I just can't imagine that's the truth. And even if it is, you could say it's easier, it's cheaper. First of all, Marvel has the money. Second of all, we know things look better on location. 
they, we just do. We, we Especially know guys how, in the movie industry. That's how, that, they that's know how that, it works. You know? And sometimes yeah. it, it takes longer, you know? But Christopher Nolan's able to pump out movies with pretty regular frequency, and, and he's doing real-life effects, you know, mm-hmm. on, on a lot of this stuff. Now, it's not superhero stuff, and there's not three a year, right? But So, question. Do you think them slowing down production will help with the CG? Or do you think that slowing down production and that's going to become a change too as more backlash comes out with CG? You think he's going to also change to try to get more practical or you think he's simply going to rely on the more time between each movies to help him with the CG look? I think right now the move is to help him with more time um, to try and develop these these movies. Because quite honestly, some of them, like the Marvels, you're going to have heavily CGI for that, right? Guardians of the Galaxy 3, you're, there's nothing you can do. Right? There's not practical effects that you can do for that. But using it where they can will be smart. Blade, you can do a lot of practical effects with that. This new Captain America film, you can do a lot of practical effects with that. Thunderbolts, you can do a lot of practical effects with that. You know, we uh, we see a lot of this these upcoming movies, and I feel like there is a lot of room for practical stuff. Um, but I think that they are spacing things out because it's going to be easier. I mean, for them to get things done. They've already announced the date for Secret Wars, um, which is the final. There's going to be two two Marvel movies back to, or two Avengers movies back to back. The Avengers King Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars, 2025 and 2026. They've already announced phase six. There's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies in between then and now, which sounds like a lot, but who are our Avengers right now? And they're not going to have a single team up before they have to fight Kang. Like I, that's weird, you know? So I, I feel like there may be some reshuffling and some, some order and stuff as, as we get into this further, but who knows? They pushed, I think they pushed the Marvels um, back a ways um, to allow for more time for VFX shots to be done, you know? And Feige hasn't said fully why he's doing this, but I got to imagine that that's an aspect, right? They want more time to work on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because some of the recent things, She-Hulk looked bad. There was some, there was some bad CGI in She-Hulk. Yeah. Compared to Loki, I thought the CGI looked pretty good. And yeah, Loki looks really clean. It was a pretty CGI-heavy show as well. Um, so... Th- there's some stuff that they need to figure out, but I'm sure they'll get it done. What, David? I'll ask you. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask on a scale like a one to ten, kind of like our rating system. Wh- how are you feeling about just Marvel as a whole? Five. Mm. And I think three yeah, I think and a half like- of those are just prior will, goodwill being built up for them. Because mm, I have, yeah. I have this feeling that maybe they're in a rut right now, but all they need is one. And I, I keep having that feeling. I did not think Ant-Man and the Wasp was going to be the one. But if Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is like amazing, then I'll be like, all right, Marvel's back, the MCU, movies, cinema, like bow down, everyone. We, we've <laughs> got it. Like, yeah. that, that honestly would probably be my reaction, genuinely. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a propensity for Marvel to get to that point again. So I would say a five. What about you? Yeah, I think I was, I was thinking five and a half or six. Because here's why... Honestly, with a couple movies, I almost got that same feeling with the Black Panther movie this year, last year. When I watched it, I was like, yeah, 
this was it. Good, good stuff, you know. And I know you didn't feel that way. Um, so that's kind of the movie for me that made me feel a little better. Now, it wasn't – I didn't get the response that you just said of like bow down, like we're back. But I was like, that was pretty good. Like, okay, you know. So that's probably why I'm a little higher because, you know, I was obviously higher on Black Panther uh, than you were. But, yeah, again, I, I guess we, we can't expect Far From Home. That was pretty good. But you kind of want a movie like similar to that where people were like, yep, this was really good. And hopefully Guardians of Galaxy Yeah, we that. just – after outside of that movie, which was – No Way Home, which was released in December of, of 21, right? So right before yeah. 22. There has it every every single Marvel movie has been like half of the people hate it. You know, we just haven't had a like cinema like black. The original Black Panther, when it came out, not even a team up movie. When that movie came out, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this is so like it was so good. It got nominated for Best Picture. Mm hmm. Yeah. Now I could not see any of these Marvel movies. I, there was conversations that Wakanda forever would be nominated. I I didn't see how that was going to happen. I didn't agree with it anyway. Um, so I, I'm just waiting for that. And maybe the new Captain America movie will be that. Maybe something else. You know, conspicuously absent from this list, we don't have another Spider-Man movie. Do we know if Spider-Man's going to be a factor anymore? You know, do we know if Thor is going to be a factor anymore? Are these people going to still be part of the Avengers? Are they going to... I'm sure we'll get some answers on that, but... Yeah. I, I don't know. It just... I, they have a plan. I know they have a plan. I just don't think things have gone as well as people would have liked. Um, but I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, in the past, and even since Endgame, like we both really liked WandaVision. We both really liked Loki. I thought there were parts of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that were good. Um, and we liked like, Shang-Chi. We liked Doctor Strange. We, like there were some Shang movies that we did like. Um, I liked Multiverse of Madness. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I, and I liked, you know, I, I liked Black Widow. I did, even mm -hmm. though that movie came out way too late. I did, and I'm excited. I, we got good people in these roles, right? Anthony Mackie's a fantastic actor. He's the new Captain America. Florence Pugh will be the new Black Widow. Haley Steinfeld is the new Hawkeye. I enjoyed the Hawkeye show for what it was. You know, we, we, have, we have good people in these parts. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that they really have the talent that they need to make good movies. But no matter how good these next set of Avengers films are going to be, every it, it, there is going to be a considerable group of people who just say, well, it's not in game and infinity war. Yeah. And I think Marvel is going to get to a point where they just, and they may, they may already be there. You just can't be like, okay, well, those people are never going to be happy because they're not. Yeah. You just got to make what you, what you want to make and, Right, ignore yeah. that small group of people because it is a small group. It's they they're the loudest, but the small smallest groups usually the loudest. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not the majority. I feel like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Something I'm, I'm telling I'm just, myself is like, okay, these same people gave us Iron Man, gave us Ragnarok, gave us Infinity War. Like they they've made a, a quality movie before, and like just trust that they're they hear the noise, right? You know what I mean? They hear it. They're not dumb, and just trusting like. They're in the writer's room right now. Okay, how can we improve this? What can we do better? And right, you'd like to think you can just trust that they'll figure it out and that they'll do the right thing because they've done it before. I'm just excited to be excited again. That's what I want. I, I mm -hmm. want to I wanna see a Marvel release and not have like, ooh, 
that doesn't yeah. look great. Like I, I'm excited well, to be excited again. I hope I that can sense your frustration because talking about every movie in the last two years, you've been you've had pretty high at hope. Thor, you were pumped. You're like, this is the Thor, most anticipated Thor movie I've Thunder had in a was, while. Yeah. And uh, so not good. And Doctor Strange, you had your high hopes up and Black Panther. Like each movie, it's like, okay, all right, this looks good. All right. You know, and I think for you, especially after time, you're going to stop being like, all right, let's do this. And it's going to be like, I've I think, given up on it. It's, I like think Mizzou getting... fo- it's like Mizzou football. It's like, I've just, I, I'm tired of just going into this, you know, pumped and ready to go you know i think getting burned three times in a row is the problem and and burned from my expectations i think but legitimately prior to ant-man and the wasp the last two movies were i think just severely underwhelming for me just based off of what their the prior films were they were they were vastly inferior sequels in my opinion to the original films Mm. and I just, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 honestly couldn't come out at a better time. Because at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, Marvel again. But Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like, all I need is for you to play some of the hits from the first movie. And I'm like, I'm there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really good for me. David, if you had to pick of the movies that we see planned out, let's throw the Avengers movies out that are, because I think if you count those in the planned films ahead, you'd be like Avengers, because that'll be the big one. <laughs> so other than that, is there is there any movies that you're really looking forward to or TV shows, I guess I could say, because there are also TV shows coming up. But I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. It's just like, you know, Captain America, I think can be good, but it's still like there's a lot of unknowns. It's a new Captain America. That's really hard to transition. And Marvel's, the Marvel's, I, I'm just not too high on thunderbolts i don't know much about. like it's just a lot of unknowns and like fantastic four i want to choose but again it's like we don't know anything about that um so maybe if i going out on a limb i'll say the fantastic four movie because i think that could be really fun but what well, the the little taste we've gotten a fantastic four with the last three movies you know makes you not want to be excited for this you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i think um, it's almost like a see it when I believe it kind of attitude right now, I feel like. You which know? sucks. I think that just really sucks. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is just how this is how we should feel. I mean, this is unprecedented. There's never been anything like the MCU. There there has never been, even if you could say that critically they've they've fallen off in, in recent months, the just pure box office run to have a 30 film franchise where every single one is a massive, massive hit, like every time, is unheard of. Yeah, it's unheard of. So, yeah, maybe we're just kind of, I guess, just returning to the mean, right? I, I think for me, even with all the director stuff that's been happening, I think it's Blade. I just really mm-hmm. like the original Blade. Blade is such a cool character. He's just a, he's a half man, half vampire who kills other vampires with a sword. Like I don't yeah. need a whole lot else, you know. And so if they lean into the horror stuff. I, I think of maybe the most successful thing that came out of phase four for me was actually werewolf by night. Um, mm, I forgot about that. Yeah. Which is a Marvel short, which I think they should do more of those. That's what I'm talking about that. We don't even know if that's connected to the MCU. That lo- that was great. And it was, yeah. I spent 50 minutes and it felt like I was watching a comic book come to life. And at the end, I and thought there's no, 
It was very enjoyable. And there wasn't there's high no pressure. Stakes. Yeah, there's no pressure to tie it to to this or have a cameo to tie it to this or this or that. You know, like they could just I wasn't I wasn't waiting for who's gonna save the day in the third act, which hero is gonna come yeah. in. I, I think Marvel could yeah. do that, but I'm excited for Blade. That's like the first yeah. actual yeah. film that could be a horror film from Marvel. I hope they lean into horror. I would love for it to be R, but it's not going to be. I think it's going to be PG-13. Deadpool 3 is going to be R, though. A movie that, quite frankly, I could give a crap about, honestly, because I'm tired of Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, he's going to be the same, I think, in, than he was in the first two. But we get we get Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, so that's got to be I mean, something, we, right? You, you just mentioned this, and you know, we're, crit- we're very critical. Marvel... You know, MCU has made twenty six point six billion US dollars since as of June two thousand twenty two. So it is the most nuts. successful thing that you know movies. It's have the ever most seen. successful entertainment anything that's ever been created. And there's not there's not really anything. I think. Well, hold on. No, I don't. I don't. I think I've seen this list before. I don't. I don't think it's really even close. I'm, I mean, if we're talking pure box office, pure movie, I think Star Wars dollars. No, I, it's the MCU because there's just more of them. I mean, Star Wars has significantly less. There's only eleven Star Wars films, and they've uh, they've grossed like more than ten billion dollars. Um, with one of those actually being a flop, but the, you could say that because the MCU is devoid of flops, then that would be evidence for it. I, again, it's it's unprecedented what's happening. It's changed the way that we've decided to tell stories in every aspect. Yeah. Um, but it's disappointing me right now. And I hope that it, it won't in the future. But we're closing in on the hour and a half mark, so we should probably we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, who knew that I literally thought this would be forty five minutes and we just kinda of went off here. <laughs> I think we have a lot I mean, of grievances. Hey. There's 31 movies and eight TV shows, so of course there's a lot to talk about. Okay, to close, one last question. Um, this is for just Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. I think this is a fun way to determine, you know, if you had to buy a ticket right now to go back and watch the movie. Someone said, "Hey, I want to go see the movie." I don't know, pick a random friend. I don't care. Hey, I haven't seen Ant Man and, and the Wasp, the new one yet. You want to go see it with me? What is the maximum ticket price you would pay right now? To go back and watch it. Um, probably what the hangar here in Maryville charges, which, which is matinee like eight bucks. Eight, matinee is eight bucks. Uh, I think outside of that, it's like ten fifty. Okay, so eight. I would pay four to five. I think if I think you caught me on a five dollar Tuesday, I might. And this is if I there's no other movie in theaters that I want to see. So like tomorrow night, if someone was like, "Hey, I want to go see Ant Man." five in tax maybe mm. but after that you know i'm not paying i paid 18 dollars to see avatar 2 in 3d again you know i'm not doing that for this does that count popcorn and drink i don't get a popcorn and drink we you know this about me i don't no, you do just snacks. Dry, you just freaking dry as a i don't know i don't when you watch movies, want bro. to have to pee i real quick i Opening night, I watched The Hunger Games in theaters, (laughs) which if you know anything about being a person ages 11 to 15 at the time The Hunger Games came out, it was the most important thing that had ever happened in our lives, that this book that every single person in my school had read was being made into a movie, right? And we were, were droves of us were going to watch it when it came out. 
And I had a big soda in that theater and mm. I drank the whole thing. And for the last 45 minutes of the movie, I had to pee so bad I couldn't focus on the film. And I decided never again. I'm never going to get in that situation again. So I don't, I don't bring the temptation into me. Sometimes I may get a little drink, a small, if I want it. But Nathan is not going to eat a salty food, a salty delicacy like popcorn, which is not even that good anyway. It's just butter-flavored styrofoam. And then have to drink because of the salt and then have to pee and not enjoy the end of the movie. All right? I'd be watching serious films. I can't walk out of tar early, David. I have to finish tar. I have Bro, to see what control, happens to Kate Blanchett's Control character. your drinking habits, brother. <laughs> no. You got to I am you know, I am yourself. clay. I will I that's, this is that, a very fair. niche. Now this is just for our friend group. I am clay. Yeah. If you put a beverage in front of me, I'm going to consume it, okay? Yeah, that's fair. I, I can't be trusted in the movie theater. Don't tell me to control my drinking habits. I know you finish all of your popcorn before the movie even starts, and then you drink half or more than half of the soda. I know that at the last 10 minutes of Ant-Man, you were like, I got to pee, got to pee. Can't believe I have to watch all these credits to get to the end credit scene because I really got to pee. No, you'd actually be proud about halfway through the movie started, and we were like 35% through the popcorn. And I'm surprised Sophie just didn't whack me, but I like took the po- I like took picked the popcorn up and set it on the floor as she was reaching in for more. I'm like, nope, we gotta stop because we we still got a whole movie left, bro. So hey, you know I'm you, you gotta find that habit, you know. Yeah, well, that works for you. Works for you. Okay. Yeah. Butter or no butter, real quick. Butter. What do you? I mean, if you're gonna get popcorn, why would you not butter it? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Right. Well, on that note, um, it's been episode 76 of Ant Man. And the Wasp Quantum Mania review. That's actually kind of cool. Quantum Mania kind of sounds cool. So I guess the next the next Ant Man is going to be Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania and King. They're just going to keep adding to the title. Have you noticed yeah. that? They just keep we're, adding to it. We're nearly an hour into this podcast, and David has just discovered the title of the film we've been talking about. Well, Actually, we're, not, funny. we're an hour and a half, I should yeah. say. Into this they podcast. just keep adding to it, bro. I, Ant-Man 4 better have all this. Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. And the Part absolute two. essence of time with Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> Part 2. Yeah. Okay, the real the real outro um, before we get distracted again. Episode 76 of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Uh, been a review... Been not too uh, too good of a one, but hey, you know it's on the up and up. You can't get much much worse than what we have experienced the last. No, couple. that's not true. <laughs> they could you could have to watch Joss Whedon's Justice League in theaters. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. that's fair. Hey, third time's a charm. This has been episode seventy six of What Do You Want to Watch? David Dirks and Nathan Inglis talking it up. You've been listening to it as we've been talking about it. See you later. Bye.